Well, hello. Since we are not doing the meetings in person, the best option we have is the great internet, social media. So that's a great tool. We're going to use that tool. I'm going to share this session of the Overcomers meeting. It's going to be the launch of my book. I'm going to share that story because I believe it's um, very, very perfect. When you're in recovery, you need healing. And that's what the book is called, The Battle for Healing. So what I want to do is I want to pray and then I'm going to share. And then we're going to have a great time at the end. Father, I thank you for every person that may be watching or listening, Lord God. We're not able to meet in person, but Lord, I pray that the presence would still be the same. Lord, I pray no matter where we're at, no matter what we have to go through, Lord, that we would still be able to get together as they did in the book of Acts. And they continuously just met together and they, they found ways to meet. And Lord, I thank you that that's what we're doing. We're simply just finding a way to meet. And Lord, I pray for every person that's listening, Lord, that, that distractions would not get the best of them. Lord, I pray that they could hear this word that you are speaking to our culture, God, and to the attenders of the Overcomers meeting and maybe their guests and some other friends as well. We love you, and I pray that everything that is said tonight brings you credit and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to share with you this book I have. It releases March the 20th. So it's called The Battle for Healing, How I Learned to Trust God and Triumph Over My Sickness. About, say, probably four or five years ago, I was in an accident. I uh, had, I was setting up a concert for a group called Forever Jones, and they were having a, a CD release. It was called Musical Revival. Absolutely awesome music. You should check them out on Spotify or however you decide to download music, Pandora. So I was setting this concert up, and, and I had an accident. Something felt like I pulled a muscle. And it just, it just felt really weird. And from that moment, I noticed that my body kind of began to, it was an alarm. It's, I knew something was wrong. I couldn't figure out what it was. So I didn't really know what to do. I just text um, Christine. She wasn't my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. And I text her, I said, hey, something's wrong. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to go to the car and get some fresh air. So I went out to the car and cut on the air conditioner, was trying to kind of get some air going. Well, Christine felt this urgency from the Lord, total. I mean, thank God that she felt an urgency and that she had an ear to hear. And she said, I have to go find John right now. And she went looking for me. And of course, she came outside. Well, by this time she found me, I was, uh, I was out in the truck and I was, uh, I was struggling bad. 
And when she got closer to me, I went blind, totally blind. I could not see. My eyes were wide open and I could not see. And I went into absolute panic because I'd never been blind before. I've seen my whole life. And I began to honk the horn and beat on the side of the door. Help, help, call for help, call for help. There's a problem. And I, when she got close to me, she said that my eyes rolled in the back of my head and I was chalky gray. She said that she stared death in the face. And little did we know that I had been bleeding internally for a long time. And there was, you, you can't, there's no gauge. You can't just gauge somebody right there in the car when you realize that. So I told Christine, I said, pray for me. I need life. And she prayed that miracle would happen, that there would be life, that I would be spared, that I would not die, that I would live. And so fast forward a whole long ways. You're going to read the rest of it when you get the book. After I had the surgery, that's when the storm began in my life. And my body went into, it wasn't responding to the way I'd been eating food and just the, the habits that I had of eating and just the environment. You know, I worked as a painter for a long time, you know, painting cars. I love to do it. That's my career. And that began to, that began to mess me up. It would make me sick when I would inhale the fumes or when I would eat the wrong thing, or when I would uh, pump gas, or when I would mow the grass. And everywhere I went, I just, I was isolated. I became sick all the time. And of course, that doesn't go very long before, you know, you, you, you have to resign from your job. You, you, you kind of have to resign from every commitment that you've made and figure out what's going on. How, how do I heal? What is going on? And the doctors, I would go to the doctors and there wouldn't be much answer. And I felt hopeless. I felt I was, I was hurting because I had went through this destructive lifestyle of drugs and just a partying and, you know, just living like a rebel for so long and I surrendered my life to Jesus and lived for him fully, you know, with all of my heart. I wasn't playing church. And this to happen, I did not see it coming. And I was confused. And so there was lots of pain. There was lots of anger. There were many days where I was just, I was resentful. I was bitter and God would have to help me with my bitterness and my resentment and my lack of understanding and the confusion and the hopelessness that I felt. And there were many days I would just cry. I, I would be so mad and so hurt in such pain, I would just weep. There was nothing that would work for me. I remember one night I was I had been crying for a while, 
and I felt alone. There, there wasn't anybody that had been through the season that I went through that had this sort of circumstances or issues. And I was weeping there and I said, I need you to show up. I've, I've, gave, I've given you my life. I'm doing the best I know how. I need you to show up in this living room tonight. And I laid there and closed my eyes. And I felt like Jesus was standing in my living room holding my hand. And I cried myself to sleep on that couch. And that, that meant the world to me that he would show up like that. Now, I didn't see him with my natural eyes, but I seen him, I seen him with my spirit eyes, my spiritual, my heart eyes. And I needed that. I needed some help as I was walking through literal hell. Christine had to begin making the money and becoming the sole provider in our house. I'm going to continue to fast forward a little bit because I want to share some, some biblical stuff with you. Really just truth that helped me through this season. So she, she would mow the grass. She would pump the gas in our vehicles. I mean, I was just a body. I had a heartbeat, you know. God blessed me with a company. A guy actually built me a shop so I could work on cars when I wasn't sick. So I actually had a business for two years, but it was very limited with my sickness. So I could work on a car maybe a couple days a week. And it was some income. It wasn't zero. And so God was faithful. He did provide for us. But I was asking him, Lord, I need some, I need an answer. I need healing. I am, I'm struggling. And the condition got worse. Not only was I experiencing pain then, then I began to bleed. My nose, uh, I, was, I was at Subway one day and blood began to come out of my nose and out of my mouth. And, uh, and it just began to get worse. And so I said, Lord, I need an answer. I need some help. I'm going to die here, young man. Christine walks up to me one day. It's probably later in the evening. And she, I was sick that day, of course. She slides a card to me. And I was thinking, oh, man, thank God. It's just some encouragement. I sure need some encouragement. Lord, I feel like I've just been getting the brakes beat in on me. And she slid me a card and said, congratulations, you're a dad. And I... I can feel it right now. I just was thinking, I wish I could be happy, but I don't even know if I'm going to be able to, to live and stay alive. This child hopefully won't be fatherless because I know how it feels to be fatherless. And I know what that does to a child. And that was my greatest fear. And I just cried. And I wanted to be happy. And God spoke to me a few days later and said, John, you are in a battle. 
and you are losing big time and you need to fast and pray. And I said, okay, I've done that before. I didn't really think that that was going to be effective, but hearing it from the Lord, I figure, hey, I've been asking for an answer. He just gave an answer. So that's what I did. Well, then he began to speak to me, John, I want you to move. I want you to move and help your friend Ben uh, plant their church in, in Texas. And I was thinking, that is the, that's probably not the smartest thing. I mean, not only are we moving, but, um, you know, like my wife is pregnant, so she can't just up and get a job over okay. there. Uh, and, and, uh, and of course, I can't get a job. I, I can't even go to work every day without getting sick. And so fast forward a whole bunch. I went to an interview. The guy asked me, hey, are, are you, do you have any sickness or anything that I need to know about? And in faith, I told him no. I mean, everything is good. So we packed up everything that we owned and we moved. And when I got there, God healed me. So I didn't lie to the guy. I told him the truth. But I told him the truth in faith that God would do a miracle. And when I got over there, I was driving down the road one day. This was maybe a month after us living there. The Lord said, John, I told a lady one time, your faith has made you well. And that's the same thing I say to you. And you know, as I was pulling into our apartment, I was thinking, how many people has God given an assignment to that he would do a miracle in their life? And whatever they were going through, whatever circumstance, it hindered them from stepping out. And there was healing and a miracle on the other side. And in my heart, it burned in me. You tell this story. So I'm excited to have a story to share like that with you. I want to share a few things that really during that season really pointed out to you. I'm just going to be real raw, real just straight with you. I'm not going to hold anything back. During this season of illness, I knew my Bible and my God better than I ever have in my whole life. He wasn't, he wasn't, hey God, I'm in a lot of trouble, I need you. Every day, I was beating on the door of prayer. I was beating on the door of miracle. I was beating on the door of healing. I was, I was rebuking sickness. I mean, every day, there wasn't a day that went by I didn't do it. I had what they call experience and not head knowledge. And they're two different things. For me, I had seen God heal people instantly. 
but I had to battle for it. My question, just like I said when I pulled into that driveway, was how many people does God want to heal today in the world, but they're not willing to fight or continue to be relentless on their belief to receive it? God moved on my faith in action. Not my need, but the faith in action. I'll share this with you too. I've talked to a few different people that have went through a long season of illness or you know, just anything of that nature. They have agreed with me the same thing. The person that is sick doesn't want to be treated like they're always the, the sick case. They don't want that to be their identity. It, they understand it's just a season. Some of them don't understand it's just a season, but they want to be treated like a human. They don't want to always be prayed for every time you see them. Yes, prayer is good, and I believe in that, but I remember always, I couldn't just be myself. I couldn't just have fun. People couldn't have fun around me. And it really bothered me that 24 hours a day, even when I would get out of my house after thinking about my sickness all day long, it would, I would just go somewhere else and it would just be talked about the whole time. And, and I totally get, I totally understand, I get it now. But you know what it did? When I get around people now that are in a season of sickness, maybe they have cancer, maybe they have an illness, maybe they have an ailment, I don't mention that unless they mention that because I know for myself how it felt and I want to respect that and I want them to feel like they can still live their life. I want to share this story with you too. I know a lot of pastors have probably went through this or just different people. Maybe you, you share different stories. I remember preaching one time at an overcomers meeting in Louisiana I was actually sick that night. I had a huge migraine. It, I mean, literally, the migraines I would get, the only thing that would help me was morphine. And you can't live off of that. But I pressed in, and I went ahead, and, and I was up there preaching. I was preaching hope to a crowd when I was struggling, looking for hope. I was struggling... In my faith, I was believing to be healed and I was preaching to these people healing. I knew God healed people. I knew God set people free. I'd experienced that before. But preaching while in a dark season was very difficult. I will say that. That day, as Pastor Denny Duran would say, I had to play hurt. I didn't sit the bench. I got in the game, and I took the hits. I wanted to see victory in my life and other people's life, and I wasn't willing to sit at home and just be sick. I figure if, if, if everybody else is coming to the meeting and they're willing to admit that they're sick, I'm willing to do the meeting being sick. You're going to see pictures 
of hands on the book when you purchase it or when you see it. The pictures of the hands on the front are really what helped me through this season. One night I was in so much pain, just like I said, and and Jesus grabbed my hand. So the picture you're going to see is the picture of Christine holding my hand. I was in critical care unit. I had just come out of emergency surgery, and I had more I had more wires than a V8 350 motor. I mean, I had stuff going in my throat, stuff going in my nose, stuff going, I mean, everywhere. I mean, hoses on, in my side, I mean, staples. Oh, man, and I am claustrophobic. If you know me, I don't do close contact. I don't do that. I can't handle that. I'll go crazy on you. And I was fisting to rip everything off of me. And I thank God there was a lady close by, and she she stopped me before I jerked the tubes out. But that picture you see is Christine hold my hand. I'll never forget that picture. You know, she, she grabbed my hand and she was praying for me. What a wonderful woman. And then on the back, my nephew Hayden, he had no clue that I would ever use this picture. But it was just so fitting. I remember God speaking to me and said, your nephew took a picture years ago, I want you to use that picture on the back of your book. Because Christine was praying with me into my miracles. She she walked with me so faithfully and such a servant. And then at the end of that season, the miracle deacon was born. And I had my miracle of healing. And so I think it was just such a wonderful picture of the picture of the hands on the front Jesus hold my hand through the season. And then in the back of the book, the, the picture of me and my son uh, holding each other's hand. I want to share with you about the first sermon I ever preached. Gosh, this was 16 years ago. I preached this sermon at a Starbucks. It was wonderful. Our, uh, the, the, the life group leaders, they were, I think they were out of town. And they allowed me to, to do a um a sermon, and the first one I ever did was on faith. Can you believe that? I feel like I've lived this tremendous faith journey my whole Christian life. You know, the first miracle I ever experienced was um, getting out of a, a enormous jail sentence. I uh, got myself into a lot of trouble just, you know, just being a rebel, just being a rebel. And through that, it's just been nothing but faith, 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 faith after that. Just big faith steps. I'm going to give you the definition of faith is the assured expectations of things hoped for and the evident demonstration of realities though not beheld. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. I love this little sermon that I wrote. I wrote it in a little bitty book. I, I still keep it. It's just so practical, and it takes me back. We believe that Christ is here in our midst right now. Even as we're on this video and this is going through the social media waves, Jesus is here. Even though I'm here by myself, it's just one person, and then you guys are here, so that's more than one. He's in our midst. We have faith that he's healing sick bodies 
and he's transforming lives today. Hebrews 11, 7 says, It was by faith that Noah built an ark to save his family from the flood. It hadn't been raining. It ain't like it's been raining a bunch. This guy was building a boat, and it wasn't even raining. It was by faith the people of Israel went right through the sea as though they were on dry ground. These people believed in their God. I mean, they really believed in their... Them are the people I see that get the miracles, the ones that are relentless. They say God is real, and I'm willing to be a fool for him. You know, and, and sometimes that can be very damaging. I'm just saying genuine faith, that believing that God loves you so much, he wants you to step out in faith. But I certainly have, every time I've stepped out in faith, I've had a word from God when he told me to do something. And it always didn't look right. It was always, oh, there's, that's not a good idea. That's not wise. I, I, I know it. I've, I've done a lot of things that wasn't wise. But every crazy, wild decision that I've ever had to make, it, I had a word. I had peace, and I had multiple confirmations. You're probably asking, what do I do with faith? Well, you put it in action. You can have all the faith in the world and never put it into action. I'm going to share a few things with you. And this will kind of help you. I'm going to kind of take you through this story because I could talk about that first sermon forever. We worship God because he's good, right? We worship God. He's great. We praise him because he's good. He's given us a great life. Most of us have great families or, or we have good things going in our life. We live, we, we have a job. We've got a car. We've got a warm place to stay. Things are good, right? We are very aware that we do things usually we are not in good circumstances or good situation. But God is, isn't determined by our circumstance or our situation. Just because things are bad doesn't mean God's bad. Doesn't mean that he's not worried about you or, or thinking about your situation or involved. He is greater than our situation, than our circumstance. That's why we can be going through absolute Hades and get the worst news from a doctor and have joy and peace. In the Bible, you're going to read a story, if you read it long enough, of a woman that had a real issue for 12 years. No doctor could help her. No man could help her. No medicine help could help her. Nothing could help her. We're not talking about for 12 weeks or 12 days. We're talking about 12 years. This lady had a problem. She had a bleeding problem. She was miserable in her situation. She was desperately searching for answers. For help, she wanted answers. She was willing to step out. She just needed an opportunity. One day, Jesus was in her town. She heard about him healing people. He was reachable to her. 
and nothing stopped this woman from touching Jesus. She had faith, she had belief, and she put it into action. The reason she knew he could heal is Jesus had a track record of healing. The woman was crazy about getting her healing. You know what? There were tons of people around Jesus that day. I wasn't there, but as I read the story, there were tons of people. She would have looked like a wild lady. Almost like the people that cut a, cut a hole in the roof to let their friend down. They were serious about getting their miracle. They weren't waiting around for Jesus to show up at their house. They said, we're coming to you. When we get desperate, we will do things that gets the attention of Jesus. We will put faith in action. I don't care what people say. I will go down and I'm going to ask for my healing 150 times. I don't care what people say. When that altar would open up, I would go down there. I, today, I could have got healed. I'm coming to that altar. That is, that is my opportunity. That is my privilege. I'm a child of God. I'm going to that altar. Let me tell you something. I'm going to start bringing this to a close. Today, an awesome, mighty, healing, loving God can touch you right where you're at. Right in your, if you're watching this at your house, in your car, I don't know where you're at. God can touch you right where you are. The Bible says, according to your faith, Psalms 41 through 2 says, I waited patiently from the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, steadied me as I walked along. Something supernatural took place when that lady touched Jesus. It was a, a natural It was a natural act, her grabbing him, but a supernatural thing happened. And supernatural is really hard to understand. You're, you're not supposed to understand it. You're just supposed to receive it. I really, I am glad that there are many stories in the Bible that talk about the healing and just the situations and they paint really great pictures for situations that we face every day. And so I'm gonna kind of bring this to a close. I really, I really just want you to, to be encouraged because life, life's not always pretty, especially as a Christian. You're gonna go through things. I'm not saying you're going to get sick. I hope you never get sick. But what I want you to know is God is always with you. He didn't leave you. You may feel because things are bad that he has left you. 
But could it be that he's closer to you now than he ever was? I know the stories that I hear from people are, you know, things were bad, but we were really close to God and we really were closer than we ever had been to the Lord. So I think stuff may happen in our life so we can draw near to him. I wish it was different. I wish that we would always draw near to him, whether it was good or bad. I try to to set that precedence in my life. I know in my past, I would never seek the Lord unless I was getting pulled over or, you know, I was in jail or, you know, there was a really big issue. That's when I would cry out to God and he was so patient with me and helping me in my faith and, and just just my my broken understanding of the gospel. So I want to pray for you. And if you, you have a something going on in your body, maybe you you've you've had a sickness, maybe something has happened to you, maybe you were in a car wreck, uh, whatever the circumstance, I want to pray for you right now that you would be healed. And maybe it doesn't happen when we get done with this. Maybe it is a little time after that, but I pray that you would begin to fight, that you would begin to war. You would get in your Bible. You would get in your word, and you would you would find out what what this says about healing and and what what you can do to receive it, and that it would encourage you every day to go after it. It's yours. So I'm going to pray right now, and, and I thank you for each and every person that was watching this, and, and we look forward to meeting soon again. Uh, Father, I thank you for every individual that is tuning in, Lord. I pray, whether it be a migraine, a food illness, God, maybe there's issues in their in their body uh, from a wreck or, or from just anything, Lord, cancer, uh, anything that would hinder them from living the abundant life, diabetes, anything to that nature, God, we pray that you would do a miracle. God, you would show them how they could partner with you in, in their faith making them well. And God, I pray it be genuine. Lord, I pray it would be just a beautiful story. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I believe that you did it for me, so you'll do it for anybody. If God did it for me, he'll do it for you. And I just pray that faith would arise and action would combine and they would move forward. And I just pray if you have something going on this week, maybe you're struggling, maybe this you know, everybody kind of having to not meet together is, is really, you know, making you struggle. I pray against isolation and depression. And I pray that this would be a great time for you to, to, to get in the word and to, to maybe play some worship music at your house or in your car and, and just really some time, some downtime to read your Bible, maybe read a great book that you have been, uh, putting off. And Father, I pray that every person watching will be blessed. Lord, that they would be encouraged. God, that they would have wonderful dreams from heaven. 
In Jesus' name, amen. We look forward to getting together soon when uh, everything does open back up for, uh, for us to get back together. Uh, you know, the Minnesota pulling the, you know, lifting the limitations off the meeting, gathering numbers and stuff like that. We, uh, we want to respect what they've said and, and we, we, we want to, uh, we want to reach out to you guys as well. So if you need something, message us, email us, let us know how we can serve you in this season. Cause that's what we're here for. We love you guys. We miss you. And I'm going to do the Overcomer's Creed because we don't want to forget that. Let me grab that Overcomer's Creed because I know some of you may not have yours, but I got mine right here. So if, if you want, you can do it just like this. Ready? I am an overcomer. Through Christ, my life has been restored. By his word, my mind is being renewed. In his presence, I find strength and direction. My dignity has been restored. My destiny is being discovered. I am a new creation. From this moment on, I will move forward with my new life. I am an overcomer. We love you guys and we will see you 